0: Welcome, listeners, uh, to the Anti-Empire Project in the uh, East is a Podcast. Uh, I'm Justin Podour, uh, and I am here today for a kind of an emergency broadcast um, about the assassination of Haiti's president, Jovenel uh, Moïse, and uh, and I'm here with Chris Bernadell. Uh, Chris Bernadell is on the Haiti Committee of the Black Alliance for Peace, which is a really um, important organization based in the U.S., which I would highly recommend you check out uh, if you don't follow. Um, and uh, Chris, um, <laughs> you know, it's July 7th, and I'm looking at your the press release from the Black Alliance for Peace uh, from yesterday. Uh, before all this happened uh and the the title is black alliance for peace condemns increasing human rights violence in haiti and the continued u.s oas and un support for unconstitutional actions by haiti's illegitimate government now we should talk about what happened earlier this morning in the assassination but but we should also have to talk about the context of uh of what's, w- what's been going on, um, the massacres by this government, the, um, the complete suspension of any pretense of constitutional government um, in Haiti by uh, the president, now assassinated President Moise. Um, so yeah, I don't know where you want to start or, or whether you want to start with the kind of stuff you were writing about in the, in the Black Alliance for Peace um, press release, or if you want to start with this morning. Chris, you're muted. I muted you accidentally. Sorry. <laughs> you have to unmute yourself. There you go.
1: Hi. Uh, yes. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, yeah, the way you framed it is exactly correct. We were prepared uh, with the statement from yesterday to discuss a number of these issues, but the events this morning, uh, were very shocking and uh, caught everyone off guard. Um, here in the Jaspora and also uh, with our comrades on the ground in Haiti
0: so okay let's 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 do the let's talk about the assassination first I mean there's there's not that much uh, known yet but it but I've seen a little little bits of video uh, on Twitter um, Facebook where uh, apparently the assassins uh, were, in wearing uniforms of the US Drug Enforcement Administration speaking Spanish uh, some people said it was Mac- they heard Mexican accents uh, in the Spanish that one of these people said this is a DEA operation stand down um, the bodyguards uh, of the president which apparently were uh, private security hired from the US uh, uh, voluntarily disarmed themselves and then uh, the assassins went into the house and began shooting for some about an hour before everyone was, uh, before their, I guess, operation was complete. And I mean, there's a lot of strange things in that story, right? I mean,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and we can't really speak to the accuracy of any of those reports. Because yeah. like you said, this is all pretty fresh and there hasn't been much analysis or, you know, we don't have any sources on the ground that can tell us exactly what's happening as far as the assassination. What we do know is that the assassination happened last night and um, in the past in Haiti's history, uh, if you go back to 1915, it was after a president was assassinated that the United States came and occupied Haiti for 19 years from 1915 to 1934. So there is a history in Haiti for this kind of Uh, turmoil. And then immediately after there being foreign intervention, foreign occupations. So at the Black Alliance for Peace, our first claim or first statement here regarding the assassination is that we call for, you know, no interventions by outside forces. And also we keep an anti-imperialist stance against any further intervention by the U.S. and the U.N. into the situation of Haiti, which, you know, as our statement yesterday um, talks about, is part of the reasons why Haiti is in the situation it's in now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad that you say that. And that is such an important point because this kind of event is always used, um, by imperialists as a sign of like, Oh, this is chaos. This is why, uh, the U S has to go in. The Marines have to go in because it's such a chaotic situation. Meanwhile, the chaos was very much caused by, uh, you know the U.S. intervention in the first place. So let us let us then just talk about. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's too soon to give details about the assassination, perhaps, but we do know quite a bit about what kind of president uh, Jovenel was, right? So, you know, how would you describe the the presidency of Jovenel Moise,
1: uh, which abruptly well, ended this morning? Well, the <laughs> regime of Jovenal Moise has been defined by unconstitutional actions and power grabs. Um, since January 2020, Jovenel Moïse has been pretty much running the country by decree. The parliament of the country has been disbanded. He's arrested a number of Supreme Court-level Supreme Court judges. And the mass majority, the masses of the Haitian people, the vast majority of Haitian civil society, has stood up against um, Jovenel Moïse and the PHTK, which is his party, the PHTK administration since uh, February 7th, he has been in power past his mandate. He has been in power unconstitutionally and has been ruling the country by decree. And for the most part, he has had US, UN, and OES support and all of this. Um, up until this you know event, there had been over the past year a number of protests. Um, in the capital and throughout the country against Moise, against his proposed and unconstitutional constitutional referendum and a number of other issues, all stemming back really um, to the Petro Caribe uh, protest that started a while back.
0: Yes. Uh, so that's like those were, you know, popularly called um, anti-corruption protests. Right.
1: Yes. Yes. The anti-corruption aspect of that was mainly attributed to the people standing up against what was seen and you know correctly seen as the Jovenel Moise regime and also the PHTK, their embezzlement of the Petro Caribe funds given to Haiti uh, through a deal with Venezuela and uh, millions of dollars of the Petro-, Petro Caribe fund disappeared pretty much into thin air leaving nothing to show for the Haitian people who are in desperate need of that money, you know, for development. Right now in Haiti, the public health situation is is, is very difficult. Also, public safety. Um, These investments could have been used to, you know, help the country secure these basic necessities of life. But, you know, the country has been floundering a bit, you know, between protest and you know outrage at what Jovenel Moise is doing, but also just a political deadlock because of the way that his regime has held on to power by dismissing all the other branches of government, pretty much, and ruling by decree.
0: Now, one interesting thing is that it seems to me that, um, you know, the counterparts of, you know, the, uh, you know, I don't know, the Dem- Haiti, Haiti's, you know, popular movement, um, here and and there, as far as I've seen, they were not uh, necessarily um, in favor of uh, Moise's plan, the president's plan to hold an election in September under his own uh, supervision <laughs> and uh, and yeah. a constitutional um, uh, change. Uh, so it's it, you. Know, it, so I, in that sense, it's probably not the case that this assassination was designed to prevent that um, electoral plan. So what was, what, what is, you know, as far as, as I, you know, it's hard to, I know you're not, you know, when nobody can speak for the popular movement, but what have you heard in terms of what the popular movement's demands were uh, as far as the constitutional challenge, uh, constitutional change proposal and the electoral proposal for September?
1: Regarding the constitutional or unconstitutional referendum, as the <laughs> Haitian constitution of 1987 makes any kind of referendum like this illegal. But um, regarding the, the, con- the proposed constitutional referendum, the, the masses of Haitian people, civil society, all sectors of civil society from religious groups, judicial groups, um, private sector groups have come out against uh, the constitutional referendum as it is unconstitutional unconstitutional. And it was being carried out by a de facto president whose mandate had expired on February 7th. Um, And sorry, could you repeat the second part of your question? Uh,
0: And then I guess the September, the plan for an election in September, that also was not a demand of the popular movement, right?
1: No, it was not. Not under Jovenel Moise's government. The... The masses are calling or have been calling for a people's transition, a transition with the public good in mind. Um, They've been calling for Jovenel Moise to step down and allow for the civil society of Haiti to step up and, you know, make the transition, organize the transition, and then to set up elections that could be viewed as being free and fair, unlike these elections that were being planned for September under this current government. The public has no trust in the government to organize the elections, so that is the basis of their rejection of of his call or his efforts to organize the elections. The constitutional referendum was scheduled for Sunday, June 27th, and I believe it was on June 8th, right after or right, right before a delegation of the Organization of American States was due to arrive in Haiti that Jovenel Moïse suspended the elections indefinitely. And then about a week after they announced that they would be held at the same time as the proposed elections in September or starting in September later this year. Uh
0: And I mean, just to, just to go back a little bit further, Mm -hmm. these protests and this, the, the situation in Haiti, I mean, between the pandemic Um, And the protests uh, against the government, the government basically like the president had suspended many municipal and, and uh, local governments as well. Right. Like they were, there were all kinds of uh, government officials that were not in place because he just suspended them um, and uh, was ruling just kind of by decree uh, by this point. So, and, and beyond that, there's also like, uh, you know, people talked about not like the economy being largely shut down, um, um, some parts of the, you know, part, parts of cities being under siege, basically by security forces. And this goes back like a couple of years now, right? Like the situation well, in Haiti has been untenable for some time, thanks to Moise.
1: Yeah, and really mu- very much so in the past year, uh, yeah. beginning with the Petro-Caribe uh, Fund protests yeah. um, and then kind of going into the protests against Jovenel Moise um, surpassing his constitutional mandate yeah. and a number of issues around that. Um, there have been constant protests uh, up until recently. Since that point, since the point um, of Jovenel Moise going past his mandate, there's been kind of a turn in the situation. Where gang violence in the capital of Port-au-Prince has spiked up, kidnappings um, have also spiked up, and then in recent weeks there have been a number of uh, conflicts, um, you know, between the national police, gangs in the capital, and um, civilians also falling in between that. Now there there isn't you know clarity, exact clarity on who is behind the gangs having all these guns how are all these guns are getting onto the streets of Haiti into the hands of these gangs when um, you know in recent memory there yeah. there wasn't the ability to get guns high caliber weapons in port au prince in the way that we see it now with you know heavily armed gangs patrolling streets um, even terrorizing police stations so the situation has taken a turn for the worst and overall Jovenel Moise's regime has not taken an approach to, to deal with the situation or to you know serve the Haitian people. More so, it's been an effort to consolidate his power and organize this constitutional referendum, which when we saw the first draft, we saw it included a huge increase in the power of the executive branch. <laughs> it included articles that would have I don't know if not exactly made the, the executive immune, but increased the level of immunity he had and protection against prosecution for issues like the Petro-Caribe investigation. So this referendum was part of an overall power grab that the PHTK, Jovenel Moise and, and his regime were, were undergoing. And this assassination, this, you know, shocking assassination, a brutal event. Um, is not something that's new. This level of violence is not new to Haiti. The Haitian people have been experiencing high levels of violence uh, for, and, for and in fact, it's
0: not even the most. The, it's not even the only assassination in the past week or so, right? I mean, Antoinette Duclair uh, and Diego Charles. These, one's a journalist, and one's a human rights activist and a, a, kind of a beloved activist, I think, from the community. yes,
1: yes. Um, they were, they were both assassinated. Yes. They were both just assassinated in, in the past week. Um, and this was uh, the claim was against armed gangs. Um, there's a, an armed gang of former and current national police officers called phantom five Oh nine um, respond. We're not sure who's responsible for their assassination or any of the assassinations directly, but the increase in gang violence, the increase in this sort of violence going on in the country it's been, it's been going on for a while now, and in this past month, in past couple months, it's been really intensifying to the point where Haitian people feel as if they're, they're trapped in their homes. In Port-au-Prince this morning, um, I spoke to a friend there and he, deci- he described the situation as just being, you know, everyone being in fear, There's being a silence, no official news about what has happened. And just that, that environment of fear, is just intensifying for the Haitian people.
0: And um, yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the Washington Post article, which I'm not always keen to cite the Washington Post, but they say their figures are 278 Haitians killed this year in attacks. Um, 15 people killed last week. Um, And let's talk a little bit about the person who is set to take over um, as president. Uh, The Foreign Minister uh, Joseph, what's his first name? Claude Joseph. Uh, he was uh, he was interim prime minister, but he was supposed to step down uh, in favor of someone else, Ariel Henry, um, as Haiti's new prime minister. So, what do we know about the person who who is now uh, taking over for Moise?
1: Well, the newly appointed prime minister is just another one of uh, the members of the Jovenel Moïse regime appointed by Moïse himself. So I can't say we can expect much different. And really, um, with the prospect of elections coming up, it wasn't really expected that if the elections were to go through under the PHTK rule and you know, a new president were to be elected, the Haitian people were not expecting a change from this regime or from these proposed elections or from this new uh, prime minister. Really what the Haitian people are looking for is a just transition that's controlled by the people, controlled by Haitian civil society, as opposed to this group of elites and their imperialist backers.
0: Speaking of the imperialist backers, uh, Joe Biden has said uh, that he's ready to assist um and we also know that um the u.s often sees this problem in terms solely in terms of uh, like refugee like a refugee crisis right Mm -hmm. so um where's uh you know this is like is it is it your sense that that this is uh gonna serve as a pretext for i mean i i you know you already mentioned that you you think that it is, but like, do you want to talk a little bit more about the possibility of this uh, being used as a pretext for the Marines or probably the Marines to go back to Haiti yet again?
1: Well, um, as you probably know, Haiti uh, over the past decade or more has been under pretty much direct control of the UN, the US, and the OAS through organizations like the OAS, through organizations like Um, Benoit, the U.N. mission in in Haiti, and also uh, just directly through uh, U.S. foreign policy, has had a, a very large influence on what happens in Haiti. And like I mentioned, you know, at the beginning, the last time a Haitian president was assassinated, the United States used it as a pretext to invade the country, to raid the national treasury, to force um, the Constitution to be re- rewritten. So, you know, Haitian people are very familiar with this sort of thing. And a lot of the Haitian grassroots organizations organizations on the ground are keeping an eye out for this kind of thing coming up now. Um, again, this has been used as a pretext before. The U.S. has interest in controlling the Haitian economy and controlling Haitian land and, you know, in making sure that they have a government in power that is responsive to their demands so even though we're not sure what what form this intervention is going to take we are pretty sure that the u.s is going to use this as an opportunity to increase their influence increase um, their power over haiti and so black alliance for peace is calling for all imperialist forces to keep keep out of the country for the u.s to get out of the country for the UN to allow the Haitian people to decide how the country is to be governed and to decide who is gonna actually run and organize the country.
0: And maybe one last uh, question along this line, because you you the Black Alliance for Peace is very specific um, to mention the Organization of American States and the United Nations um, as essentially doing the U.S uh bidding in Haiti, right? These are not these these organizations have not been independent or real friends to the Haitian people.
1: Have they? <laughs> no, no. And we can see this from their uh tacit support, I'd say, but support for this unconstitutional referendum, constitutional referendum. Uh the OAS and the UN have both collaborated you know, directly with the Jovenel Moïse regime on organizing security and planning for this um, uh, referendum. The OAS even submitted a dra- uh, revisions to the first draft of the proposed constitutional referendum, um, amending huh. some of the more so they controversial helped, points. They
0: helped write the question.
1: Yes, exactly. So the OAS was directly involved in that. And, you know, the U.N. is directly involved with organizing the security for elections. So this is not something that, you know, where we have to really guess. We can see based on their track record that they've been involved, that they've been contributing. And it's in their interest um, to have these elections and, and, and referendum under the Moïse regime. Now, the OAS, U.N., and U.S., in their most recent statements, have come out more so focusing on the primacy of the elections rather than the referendum, but tacitly and behind the scenes, they have been providing support for the referendum and for organizing of the referendum. Many of the funds used to promote the referendum in Haiti come directly from these organizations.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh, Anything else you think we should watch out for before we, um, you know, as as the situation unfolds?
1: Well, I think we need to be vigilant. We need to, like I said before, and like you mentioned, um, this has historically been a pretext for intervention. Um, Perceived instability, perceived political turmoil in these countries that the U.S. has a direct interest in and direct control over has been used as a pretext to invade countries and send direct military occupation. So uh, the Black Alliance for Peace stands firmly against imperialism. We're an anti-imperialist organization. We unite with the Haitian people in their calls for uh, these imperialist powers to allow the Haitian to allow them, the Haitian people, to have sovereignty, to have control over their country. And so, you know, we call on all our allies in the struggle to stay vigilant on these issues, because you know, while this situation is developing we can rest assured that the US, the UN, the OAS, and all the other imperialist interests, they, are, they have a stake in this fight and they are, going to, um, you know, they are going to get involved and they are going to try to intervene. So it's on us to keep an eye out and to, to call them out for it.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Chris. Chris, um, you're a member of the Haiti Committee of the Black Alliance for Peace, but your, your background is Haitian, right? Do you wanna talk a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, my parents, uh, you know, they came over to the United States in the late 80s, um, just along with the fall and right after the fall of baby Doc Duvalier's regime. And, you know, they were part of the refugees who left the country after that period. Uh, and so, you know, my family has been directly affected by these kinds of things. And we've seen these kinds of things in the past. Um and yes, yeah, so we've been we've been affected by by the situation in Haiti. I still have most of my family still in Port-au-Prince right now. So, you know, and I speak to them on a regular basis. And, you know, so they're directly affected by all these things. And even us here in the Jasper, we are affected because, for example, right now, the ha- the country's on lockdown. The country has been very insecure. You know, the kidnappings many a times the people ki- targeted for kidnappings are foreigners or people who have family in foreign countries who can be extorted for you know remittances
0: so yeah that's this a, is that's a yeah. that's a thing that um, a lot of um, i think people from north america don't know which is like they always talk north american governments and ngos talk so much about how much uh they give to haiti and aid but it's nowhere near it's not it's a small fraction of what haitians uh abroad send home uh, to keep the country running Um, yeah definitely yeah all right chris thank you so much you're welcome and uh yeah let me know if you need anything else